supposed to be on here today. So I don't know if God will show up or not. If you didn't know, last Sunday was Pentecost Sunday. Of course, we had communion. We had white. And uh, those colors are to help us through the Christian year. But I like red. So I just said, we're going to go with red. I even got on red tie. So, uh, so we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. He is always a great subject to talk about. And the hymn that I chose, 603, I realize we're not as used to singing that. But I chose it because of the words. And I'll just remind you of some of the words you just sang. Come Holy Ghost. For moved by thee, the prophets wrote and spoke. Unlock the truth. Unlock the truth, thyself the key. Unseal the sacred book. And the third verse, expand thy wings, celestial dove. Brood o'er our nature's night. On our disordered spirits move. And let there now be light. So some of the words I'm about to share out of the book of Zechariah have some understanding about light and so forth. I'm going to mention a whole lot about oil, and I'll give an illustration here in a moment. But in the Bible, some, sometimes not every reference about oil and is about the Holy Spirit, but oftentimes it is. The oil of His grace pouring into our lives. And so uh, you go ahead and get that in your mind. The title of the sermon is Life-Giving Spirit. Life-Giving Spirit. And while last Sunday on the Christian calendar was the day of Pentecost, the truth is the day that that occurred in Acts, the second chapter, the church has the Holy Spirit available every day. So really, Pentecost should be for us every day. We should receive God's Spirit afresh and in you every day. We ought to wake up and say, good morning, Father. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. And so let's talk about the Holy Spirit. Let me give you this verse. Zechariah 4, 6, you'll see it up on the screen. So he answered, and this is God speaking through Zechariah to a man by the name of Zerubbabel. So he answered and he said unto me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. I've had this scripture, I mean, I've always liked it. I've always quoted it, but it seems like it's just been heavier on me personally over the last few weeks. And uh, if you get the 3D, the daily dose of discipleship, some of you get the devotion, you'll know that I had put it in there and asked you to very intentionally read that verse again if you're reading the devotion. So I'm going to do it now. So if you would, just play along with me and repeat this after me. We're going to just repeat that verse. So if you would say, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Notice that the word might and power are not capitalized. But my spirit is capitalized. Another thing I want to make reference to, and this is not in my notes, I'm going to read in just a moment the entire vision in Zechariah 4. But I'm going to go back and read something to you in Zechariah 3. Um, I, didn't, I didn't put it in my sermon, but for whatever reason, maybe I needed to hear it again. In fact, I woke up in the middle of the night about 1.30 and had my phone there, and I pulled up Bible Gateway, and I read it again for me. But perhaps you need to hear this too. Because I'm about to mention Joshua. I'm going to mention Zerubbabel in chapter 14, but I'm about to mention Joshua, which is a significant statement about him in chapter 3. He's the high priest. 
Zerubbabel is like a prime minister. He's also a building contractor. So uh, people of Israel have been in exile. So now they've come and they're back to the city of Jerusalem. God has told them to build the temple. And so the king, so to speak, the prime minister, whatever we want to call Zerubbabel, he's over the building project. The people are very discouraged. And so God's told him to build the temple. And so that's, that's behind all the story here. But this is what it says in chapter 3 to Joshua, the high priest. Then he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right hand to oppose him. And the Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is this not a brand plucked from the fire? Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and was standing before the angel. Then he answered and spoke to those who stood before him, saying, Take away the filthy garments from him. And to him he said, See, I have removed your iniquity from you, and I will clothe you with rich robes. Before I read chapter 14, I want you to think about the fact that we know God's Spirit is available to us. We know that we can ask Him to come and fill us, and He does. We know that when we receive Christ, we're born again. Only the Spirit of God can do that. We also know, though, that once that happens, we still are in a very broken, fallen world, if you hadn't noticed. I don't mean to disappoint you, but that's the world we're still in. We know that Jesus defeated him by the cross, but he didn't completely annihilate him and destroy him. I wish he had, but he didn't. We see in the word in the Old Testament and the New that besides our own woundedness, besides our own sinful nature, besides our own brokenness, we still have an enemy we have to contend with. So Joshua here is saying, the Lord rebuke you. The Lord of Israel rebuke you, Satan. He is the accuser of the brethren day and night. So with all of that said, and you've got Joshua the high priest in your mind, and we're looking at Zerubbabel now as kind of the king and the leader of rebuilding. Let's read the fourth chapter of Zechariah. There's a lot of symbolism here, a lot of prophecy. I'm not going to go too deep in that because I want you to realize that this word is for you today. So let's read Zechariah 4, 1 through 14. Now the angel who talked with me, and by the way, this is the fifth vision that Zechariah has received. Now the angel who talked with me came back and he wakened me as a man who is wakened out of his sleep. And he said to me, what do you see? So I said, well, I am looking and there's a lampstand of solid gold with a bowl on top of it. And on the stand there are seven lamps and there are seven pipes to the seven lamps. So you got the visual we use our imagination. We got this gold lampstand. We got these pipes going out. We got seven lamps to produce light. And so this is the vision he's given. Then in verse three it says, "There are two olive trees. There by it, one olive tree's on the right, one's on the left." So I answered and I spoke to the angel who talked with me, saying, "What are these, my lord?" The angel who talked with me answered and said to me, "Do you not know what these are?" He said, no, my Lord. So he answered and said unto me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Verse 7, who are you, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? You shall become a plain, and he shall bring forth the capstone 
with shouts of grace, grace to him. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, the hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple. His hands shall also finish it. In other words, there's going to be some human effort. Then you will know, though, that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. For who has despised the day of small things? For these seven rejoice to see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. They are the eyes of the Lord, which scan to and fro throughout the whole earth. Then I answered and I said to him, What are these two olive trees at the right of the lampstand and at its left? And I further answered and said to him, what are these two olive branches that dripped into the receptacles of the two gold pipes from which the golden oil drains? And then he answered and he said, Do you not know what these are? And I said, No, my Lord. And he said, These are the two anointed ones who stand beside the Lord of the earth. The two anointed ones represent Joshua and Zerubbabel, these two anointed ones. But prophetically, we know that Jesus is both the high priest, but he's also the king of kings, and he's the Lord of lords. So any anointing that we get comes through them. So all of that, the people, because they operated in the high priest and they understood that, but then we've got all this symbolism, which is the fifth vision, in which the angel showed Zechariah a seven-branched lampstand fed by living branches from two olive trees. Let me see how smart y'all are. What do you get from olive trees? Olives. Where do you get olive oil? From the olives. They crush them. I did a little research on it. but So oil has always been used as a way to flame. And so olive oil, the press and you squeeze it, the process is much the same as it was in ancient times. And you can still use oil today. You need a special wick, but you can use olive oil. It burns very pure. And here we are in a craze over the last 20 years. Everybody, I mean, you've got to cook with olive oil, and you've got to get virgin olive oil. We even have a store over here that's, that's all they sell is olive oil. I'm, they do sell other things. I've been in there too. So we've got this visual of all this stuff, all this oil and the dripping and coming in supplying light ultimately so the lampstand represents the house of Israel the seven lamps were the eyes of God while the two olive trees symbolized the unfailing source the unfailing source of divine oil that grace grace be it Joshua and Zerubbabel and they've assured them that the obstacles which hindered the building of the kingdom would only be removed by the divine spirit through grace so yes, they had to use some human resources and so forth, which were very slim. But God was telling them that whatever's accomplished in building the kingdom of God and bringing the temple back, it's not going to be by human might and human power, but it's going to be by the Spirit of God for it to be accomplished. Let me give you the three Hebrew words. Now, Hebrew sometimes uses a guttural sound. I'll do the best I can from Ivory, Alabama. But I'll give you the spelling. And so instrumental in completing the work of the temple but not through might notice the negative it's not going to be by might that word is hail h-a-y-i-l that means human resources in general and then not by power k-o-a-h not by human strength so human resources human strength are very important 
but for the kingdom to operate in our lives, for the kingdom to be established and the people of Israel, it had to be God. And so there was Ruach. The temple would be completed by God's Spirit. The same Holy Spirit who is present in the book of Genesis in the first two chapters. We know in Genesis we read that in the beginning, God. Just, just establish it. It doesn't try to explain his existence. Just in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the, who was hovering over the waters? Spirit of God. He was present there. He was hovering over the waters. He hovers over your life as well. All of your troubled waters. He's hovering over them. He knows them better than you do. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. So I want to ask you. Are you facing something in your life that human resources and human strength alone cannot solve now I already know the answer if you're not facing it right now perhaps you have I'm facing stuff right now in my life that to try to get it all in my mind I can't I know that my own human resource my own might my own power can't stop it I have, I have got to have the spirit of God to help me so I think that personally part of my own is just quoting that not by not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Tyler and I have quoted uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 a good bit lately, and he made reference to it again last Sunday, and I want to make reference in the, again to what he said. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Never rely on what you think you know. Tyler said in his sermon how freeing that is. I never thought about it that way. How freeing that is that I, I don't have to rely upon my own understanding to figure out the things in the walk of my life that I can't solve in human effort. I need the Spirit of God. But you're the same way. So are there things that you realize that resources and human strength cannot solve? Or maybe as you reflect back in your Christian walk, have there been situations, have there been situations in your life that humanly speaking seemed insurmountable, but you trusted the Spirit of God? how the kingdom of God works I'm going to come down there and use an illustration I've already worn the acolytes so I wouldn't put the fear of God in them when I came down there but let me remind you in Matthew the 25th chapter Matthew 25 Jesus tells a parable and we're talking about oil we're talking about light we need light the acolytes brought down the light of the spirit and oftentimes it's a symbol of that for purification or for oil I mean, the fire is often a symbol, but so is oil. Jesus gave a parable in Matthew 25. He said there were ten virgins. You remember the story? Jesus said the kingdom of God is like this, and so he gives the illustration that there are ten virgins. Five of them are wise, and the other five are foolish. Most of you know the story, but you can read it in Matthew 25. Five are wise, five are foolish. And so the groom is coming. And so the the bridegroom is coming, and so Jesus said the kingdom of God is like this. And so the bridegroom shows up, so the ones who had oil in their lamps was the difference. The five wise ones had oil in their lamps in order to produce light. And so when the bridegroom showed up, they, they lit their lamp, and they had light. The other five said, give us some of your oils. They said, that can't be. You've got to get your own oil. You, 
And so they went out to buy oil to go into their lamp. And then Jesus said, the bridegroom showed up. But the door was shut. And the five that had no oil didn't get to come to the wedding. Again, that's, that's God's word. The symbolism there of oil and the significance of the oil and how important it is. Zacharias gives us this illustration. A few weeks ago, and I see that Sandy Self is back here, but her daughter Mary and her granddaughter Natalie came down and they brought the flame down on United Methodist Women's Sunday. So we had three generations. Now, y'all may not remember this. Boy, it's really flaming good. But as they came down, I noticed that they lit the two candle lighters at the back. They're walking down, and about halfway down, Mary, the mom of Natalie's, her flame went out. And I'm thinking, I know what the problem is. Well, they got down here, and they're standing right here. And, of course, mom is like, hey, I'm not lit. Hey, I don't know if y'all remember this, but so Natalie's, I could see Natalie's face because I'm sitting right there. And, of course, she gave the, that age look like, you know, I'm trained to do this. My mom don't even know. I'll light hers. Well, she reaches over, and I don't know if you remember, she tried to light it, and they kept holding it there. And, and I'm, I'm wanting to tell them why it won't light. And I'm about to tell you why it won't light. And that's happened before. About two years ago, we purchased these heads that screw on the top of this, so the old wick is not in here. We don't use a wick anymore. Do you know what's inside here? Oil. And if you don't have oil, So by the next Sunday, guess what we did? We got oil in the lamp, the little song, oil in your lamp, keep it burning, burning, burning. I say all those illustrations to remind us that you and I need the oil of God's Spirit in our lives. There are things in this world that we face and are facing and will face that human resources and human strength alone are not going to take. Have to have the Spirit of God. And the good news is, all the way in the Old Testament, I want, I want my oil to drip into your life. I want my grace to come into your life. I want my anointing to be in your life. And so Jesus has provided that on the cross. Not only the forgiveness of our sins, but that we could be filled with the Spirit of God. And I know that not only do we personally, but in our homes, in our families, in our lives, we need God's Spirit. I came in here one Sunday morning, it was Monday, because I got here about 7 o'clock, I'd taken Dave to dialysis, I came in here and I prayed, sometimes I do that, and, uh, but I was just praying, and just praying for our family and interceding, and after I prayed for a while, I sent a text to my immediate family, I'm going to share the text with you and make a point out of it, because I thought very intentionally what I was about to send Lana and Dave, my son Dave, my daughter Audra. And their spouses, but I sent it to Jamie and sent it to my son-in-law, Blake. This is the text that I sent them. In my praying, I thought about mom and dad and Lana's mom and dad. And Lana's got four brothers and sisters and a couple of them are just going through some things that, humanly speaking, it's just tough. And I know that they need the Spirit of God to help them through it. So this is the text that I sent to Lana, Dave, Audra, Blake, my son-in-law, and my daughter-in-law, Jamie. Morning, family. I spent some time in the sanctuary altar this morning praying for all of us. May the Holy Spirit baptize you with his presence 
and with his influence. I prayed that over us too as a church. God, would you baptize us with your presence and with your influence. The Holy Spirit knows our lives better than anybody. And he can have greater influence over your life if you'll allow it. And we always want the presence of God. But Jesus told us when he went to the cross, he said, not only will I die for your sins, but I'm going to send you somebody that will help you. I'll even call him the comforter, the helper. John 16, 15, 14, 15, 16. He will guide you in all truth. He's talking about the Spirit of God. So why, why wouldn't we want the oil continually, those two living olive trees continually supplying from God's anointing, God's Spirit, that I can continue to have oil in my life so that I have light. Because light dispels the darkness. Jesus not only forgave us of our sins, but he made it possible that we could be filled with the Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit that was brooding over the waters, but also the same Holy Spirit who raised Jesus Christ from the dead. This is what it says in Romans 8, 11. I read it earlier, but hear it again. But if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. And so as I prayed over my family, and we're about to have four Wednesday nights, we're inviting families to come, and we're going to have fellowship together and lessons that will help strengthen our families and our homes. We're calling it FIGHT, which stands for Focus Intentionally on God, Home, and Truth. The Spirit of God, listen to me, moms and dads, the Spirit of God desires to help us in our relationship. He cares about our home. And when I ask this question for all of us, as papas, as dads, as moms, grandmoms, do you rely upon the Holy Spirit to help you in the role that you have in your home? Invite, invite the Holy Spirit into your heart and into your home. So, yes, I should pray over my wife, Larry, and my son and my daughter, that the Spirit of God, His presence and influence would be heavily over your life. Because there are things that we face that, humanly speaking, we can't handle. And so I think Zerubbabel needed reassurance, and I think we do again today. Not by might, nor by power, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord. Ultimate source of our accomplishments into the kingdom of God will not be found in human strength, but by God's Spirit. Let's pray together. Almighty and loving God, we, we bless you today and praise you. God, help us to receive how important it is. And part of this today that, Lord, you just remind us that the Spirit of God is available to us to convict us of sin. And Jesus even called him the Spirit of truth. God, let us see those two olive trees, a continual flow of oil dripping into the lamps of our lives. Thank you, God, for producing light within us. God, I pray for anyone here who needs to ask, baptize me, Holy Spirit, afresh and anew. I've been trying to do so much in my own human effort, my own human strength. And I realize afresh and anew this morning, I need to rely upon.
for our spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. The altar is always open. If you have a need this morning, it may not be anything to do with what I preached about, but perhaps it is. The song we're going to